This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. The following is a sponsored program. Zoomer Radio and MZ Media Incorporated do not endorse any of the statements or opinions made by the contributors. It's not going to be one magic bullet that's going to help somebody age gracefully or take care of a loved one. There's going to be a series of items, products, services, pharmaceuticals, OTC, and more importantly, diet that's going to get you there. Welcome to The Tonic. I'm your host, Jamie Busson, and we're here to talk about your health and wellness. Today, we'll discuss humanizing healthcare in the digital age. We'll learn why strong muscles equal strong bones. We'll hear about holistic holiday gifts for the health conscious. And lastly, we'll determine whether you're a sensation junkie. But first, a little bit of business. Jack Nathan Health offers Canadians convenient care with 74 multidisciplinary clinics located within Walmart stores. The largest ever Jack Nathan Health Medical Centre is now open in Vaughan, Ontario at 8300 Highway 27. The new 8300 square foot clinic offers integrated services for the whole family, including family medicine, physiotherapy and chiropractic, chronic pain management, massage and a registered dietitian. There's also an on-site Dynacare blood laboratory plus same-day referrals, walk-in appointments and a new annual health assessment option. Jack Nathan Health is a one-stop shop for proactive health management. For more information, visit jacknathanhealth.com. Our first guest, George Barakat, co-founded Jack Nathan Health in 2006, where he cultivated the company from a lean startup to a leader in the Canadian healthcare scene, servicing over 2 million patients across Canada. George has helped shape a new healthcare format by improving access to quality primary care in state-of-the-art medical clinics in retail environments across the country. Today, George is an authority in healthcare and in business and has traveled extensively nationally and internationally, building and sustaining important global relationships and partnerships. Welcome back to the show. It's been a while, right? It has been a while, Jamie. Thanks for having me and uh, what a pleasure to be back. Yeah. So last time you're here, we were talking about sort of servicing healthcare in the concept of the Jack Nathan healthcare places and locations, but we're talking about something a little bit different today, which is healthcare in the context of the human side, because we all know what it's like to go to the doctor and we all know how much time we have. And we all know how important it is as we age to keep our health up. But for some, what's missing, and perhaps we have to think about this in an institutional way, is the humanity in healthcare. Would you agree with that? I would agree wholeheartedly with that. You know, we have a new expression that we started cultivating, uh, improving on. And the phrase is real simple. It's called live your best life. Mm-hmm. We believe healthcare will revolve around that phrase and is already revolving around that phrase. We mentioned earlier that we had um, an aged baby boomer population that's going to be over the age of 65 in the next dozen years, one third of the population, Wow! last count. So we believe and many physicians believe as well uh, that it's not going to be one magic bullet that's going to help somebody age gracefully or take care of a loved one. Appropriately, there's going to be a series of items, products, services, pharmaceuticals, OTC, and more importantly, diet 
that's going to get you there. Right. It's a holistic approach to health. It has to be. Because one element, and that's something I've learned, I talk about it a lot on the show, but you know, I had an epiphany when I was in my late 30s, early 40s about where my health was heading if I didn't fix it. And what I've come to learn in publishing since 2007 is that it's all interconnected. Your sleep, your diet, your exercise, your peace of mind, and your physical health. Your And it could be hereditary health issues that you're dealing with or just a function of life, it's all put together. 100%. Couldn't agree with you more. What are some of the problems that you see with our current healthcare system? So our healthcare system, and just because I've traveled extensively globally, is amazing. Yes. Okay? Yeah. It's very impressive. Where it could use improvement is in a few key points. One of them would be access. Uh, another would be technology alignment, uh, bi-directional sharing of health information, you know, digital health landscape, how do we uh, really make e-prescribe a reality uh, so that eliminates script errors and mis- misprescriptions altogether, uh, eliminating hallway medicine, which is, which is a huge uh, phrase right now from the yeah. Ford government. And one that I believe, and a lot of my associates believe, is promoting retail health, which should go hand in hand with eliminating hallway medicine. Okay, so let's talk some definitions. When sure. You, when you say hallway medicine, what do you mean by that? Well, it's a term that's been uh, coined right now from the uh, government of hallway medicine being that you could line up for hours upon hours inside a public hospital right. in Canada or in Ontario specifically and not be seen by a doctor and be seen in the hallway because lack thereof resources and whatever resources may mean in that hospital at that time. We believe that... We should be looking at how can retail medicine not just help with that, but concurrently eliminate that in on hours. And what I mean by on hours are obviously nine to five. Right. Most people that don't have family physicians or have never had a family physician for that matter for years have been treating the hospital as their walk-in clinic, clinic right, essentially. Clinic. Yep. Right? If there was more focus on how do we hold hands with retail-facing clinics, then essentially, we could be helping out the problem. So we're doing our part. What we have done is we've opened all of our clinics to date inside Walmart Canada. Mm -hmm. So site selection is there. What we have realized is people want to do more with less time. Yes. And if we can get them through the clinic, seeing their family physician or urgent care, co-locating as many services as possible, and... At the, same time, at the same time, they can do their groceries, uh, leisure, OTC, get their prescription, and uh, shop with their kids or their family. Uh, we've really done our part. You know, the prescription element, I think, to me, is, is one of the crucial ones. Sure. Because, you know, you spend hours, you know, you go to a doctor's office and God bless them, some of them double book. But leaving aside the streamlining of that side of it, once you're out of the doctor's office, you then have to go, presumably, if there's something wrong with you, you're probably going to be getting a prescription of a sort. And then you, there's more time that gets tacked on there. There's a gap between when the doctor gets the prescription to you to get to the drugstore or conversely calling in the drugstore, there's the gap at the drugstore for when the drugs are going to be picked up. And all of a sudden, before you know it, for something like a cold or an infection, you've wasted the day. Uh, Waste is perhaps a harsh word, but it's time consuming. Oh, it is time consuming. And I believe that's why the government and InfoA has been working hard 
on their e-prescribed program. And we've had guests on to discuss yeah. who've been involved with the mechanics of it and the dissemination and the, the promotion of it. Yeah, We're getting to that point of convergence where we believe that all the pieces are eventually going to come together. Yeah. One of the key pieces that we have and we believe is, I'd hesitate to say advantageous, but what I would say is compelling, yep. is that we have close to 2 million patients, in some cases over 2 million patients year over year, that come through our clinic clinics on a national level. Wow, is it that many? Yeah. So we're operating today in six provinces and uh, three different countries. Hmm. So if we were to launch something or the government was to choose us to launch a certain vertical, yeah. which uh, you know we've, we've been in talks over the years, we could definitely implement something very quickly, mm-hmm. especially if it was a combination or a collective convergence of technologies that would help a person live their best life. Well, that's where I see your advantage, right? The ability to integrate the technology on, in a larger scale. It's sure. much easier and cheaper for a business like yours to do it as opposed to a doctor's office who is paying rent or whatever. I mean, it's just more difficult for them to turn the way you could. And, and you know, keep in mind also that we are establishing a global footprint as Walmart seems to be our entry point into different countries that we will be moving into. Right? Wouldn't it be great if we could get the actual technology digital strategy down pat and have it something that we could export as well. We've traveled extensively all over the world. We've visited and met with the Canadian consulate in China, uh, in Mexico, and various other countries. They're always getting tapped on, can you help us, the foreign country, right. with healthcare? How are you doing it in Canada? Wouldn't it be great if we had a succinct package we could offer them as For well? Sure. And be, so and be leaders. Yeah, and be leaders in there. And right? be leaders in it, right? It literally is probably... Um, if we can get it right and package it appropriately, probably one of the number one exports that we would have that we could showcase on a global stage. Wow. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about what countries want. What are you hearing from patients? What do they want out of their healthcare system? That's a great question. Patients really want convenience. So what does convenience mean? It means not waiting around in a doctor's office. Not waiting around in a doctor's office. You know, we've had several small tools or small little low-tech tools like paddle pagers where you can walk right. around, shop while you wait you know, digital screens in our waiting rooms where you can watch a program or news. We have definitely looked at a more comprehensive model as in our 1081 Vaughn site on 7 and 27, where it's a co-location of services. So convenience over there is definitely on a different level, different plateau where you can walk and get your blood, uh, see a physician, see a chronic pain specialist that uh, has level two x-ray guided epidurals. You could have, you could see a physiotherapist, massage therapist, chiropodist, and as well as dietitian. Hmm. All those are instant referral. Right. So you could be in and out of that location. That's the definition of convenience in healthcare as well. Having as many co-located services on site. Right. Okay. And, and what else are you hearing from patients other than convenience? What are they looking for? Well, I think that one of the things is how do I have more visibility into my health record? How can I go from being um, a quasi-Google doctor as a patient, right. because everybody's Dr. Google these days, to how can I have more clarity and how can I customize my own healthcare operation? What that could mean simply is once we have the digital strategy better viewed or better integrated, yeah. integrated, then the patient could actually be opened up to what else a doctor could be recommending to them 
that could be available on their own personal portal that could systematically work with their metrics or what's been ailing them for years. So what I'm hearing from you is information is king, right? Being aware, yeah. being aware of not just your generalized health situation where the doctor says, okay, you have X, Y, and Z, but actually understanding what is your blood count? What is your, you know, what is your cholesterol levels? What, where is your heart rate? You know, and stuff like Fitbits, for example, which sure. give you, which give you sleep patterns and stuff like that are being integrated into healthcare, which is empowering people to help make decisions on their health. Is, is, is that what you're getting at? Absolutely. And, and I think it, to take it one step further, how do we use those wearables? that right. you're mentioning and uh, look at not just Fitbits, but glucometers and blood right, No, no, that, that, that's just first level. Like Fitbit's just first oh, level. for sure. But wouldn't it be great if you could actually disseminate and have bi-directional traffic to your physician where it was summarized? Right. Where when you went to see them. Instead of saying, I'm not sleeping well, here are my sleep patterns. Here's the deep sleep I've been getting for the last, you know, three months. Even prior to that, what if the physician could just open up their electronic medical record file on you as a patient and it literally be summarized in front of them before you walk through the door. You could have a quick glance right. and say, you know, let's have a talk. Yeah. You're not getting enough sleep. Or, you're not getting, it yeah. looks like your uh, circulation levels are off. It looks like, you know, yeah. uh, you may be diabetic, your sugar levels are up. You know, we have to get you over to a dietitian and now really customize the interaction. Hmm. In what ways do you see the digital tools being utilized now and, and, and going forward? We're just sort of touching on that now. So records is, is one element of it. What else, what else is there? Well, you know, that's an interesting question. Digital tools, how we see, again, if we could look at digital tools as just wearables, then we're looking at it really as one piece. Right. And everybody and every business is getting into wearables these days. The problem is, what do you do with that information? Exactly. How does that information actually become usable and valuable to the end user, and that is the patient? Because the reality is, unless it can get up to the physician, where it's readable in a very easy and quick way, then how does the patient really take advantage of that information that the physician is disseminating? I think let's take it even one step further. Picture a world where... Digital tools were also used to monitor a loved one at home. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's various hospitals that are already utilizing different digital tools, Bluetooth scales, monitors, blood cuff monitors, again, glucometers, and they're monitoring outpatients right. at this point. What if you were in a world where you could not just have that as a recommendation for a hospital, but to take care of a loved one at home? And that information, combined with the digital tools, was summarized in and led to a telemedicine interaction once a month with a video doctor. I was going to get into telemedicine, or, right? Because, because yeah. the whole thing is, let's say you're infirmed or you're older or sure. you're living in a remote area. How do you get the health care? Well, you don't have to go and schlep to, to here or there to see your doctor. You can do it over your phone or over your computer. And I guess... You know, it requires people to be a little bit more computer literate, but I, I think it could be utilized in ways where you could have a rudimentary basic knowledge and, and have all these things uh, occur for you, this healthcare in your own home without having to go anywhere. Well, telemedicine is definitely a reality. Yeah. And the Ontario government just announced the other day that they are not just pushing forward. They're going to really finance this at this point. Uh, we've already tested two sites in Walmart with telemedicine with no word of a lie, 100% positive feedback. I, I don't doubt it. It makes perfect sense. And again, that convergence of technology with regards to how 
it looks or evolves into telemedicine can also be used at hospital at home. How do we take care of a loved one? And which is crucial because, you know, nobody wants to spend time in a, in a rehab facility or a, or a hospital as compared to their home. They want to be home. They want to be with their loved ones. They don't want to be in an institutional setting. And if we can help them with that, I think that personalizes the healthcare that much more. I think it does as well. So let's talk about that um, as what it means. And whether it's telemedicine, convergence of technology, really the ultimate goal should be how do we get everybody to live their best life? Right. And if we can do that, and it really revolves around how do we take care of a loved one at home? How do we get that technology convergent so the information is bi-directional from patient to physician and back? Then what essentially we're doing is we're not just customizing the healthcare experience. We're letting the doctors really become free, not just to prescribe, but to understand that their recommendation, their word, and what they should and will be trained on in the future, whether it's product knowledge, food intake, um, obviously prescriptions already there, OTCs there, but how now do we use more of the tools that are available in a retail environment so that somebody can truly live their best life? Jack Nathan Health, that's what we do. That sounds fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. We look forward to speaking to you again real soon. Always a pleasure, Jamie. We've got to take a short break, but when we return, we're going to discuss why strong muscles equal strong bones on The Tonic. I'd like to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Omega Alpha. This company is 100% Canadian owned. Their team consists of allopathic and naturopathic doctors, nutritionists, researchers, and other scientific professionals, all led by their CEO, Dr. Gordon Chang. Formulations are created on their 40,000-square-foot facility located in Toronto. Omega Alpha uses only the highest quality ingredients to manufacture the most efficacious yet price-friendly nutraceuticals. For more information about Omega Alpha, visit OmegaAlphaInc.com. Chronic stress has far-reaching negative effects on the mind and body. The Roziva brand of products offers natural and quick-acting solutions for health issues that might result from stress, including fatigue, low mood and anxiety, cognitive decline, digestive disturbances, and poor sex life. To receive a six-day sample for any of the Roziva products, send an email to solutions at nantonnutra.com, N-A-N-T-O-N-N-U-T-R-A.com. You're listening to The Tonic on Sumer Radio. Dr. Stacey Irvine is the co-founder of Totem Life Science. The philosophy and identity of Totem have been greatly influenced by Stacey's love of athletics and her passionate belief that everyone will benefit from a healthy, active lifestyle in their own unique way. Through her work as a chiropractor and strength and conditioning specialist, Dr. Irvine's clientele ranges from beginners just starting out on an exercise program to elite and professional athletes looking for advanced rehabilitation and training program strategies. She's made several appearances as a fitness expert on City Line, Canada AM, Global Television Network, City TV, WTN, and is frequently quoted as a fitness expert in Chatelaine, Glow Magazine, More Magazine, Zoomer, and the Toronto Star. Welcome back to The Tonic. How are you? I'm great. Happy to be here. So today we're talking about the interconnectedness, and not in a literal way, but more of a figurative and philosophical way, between our muscles and our bones, right? 
You got it. Yeah, it's a topic that's kind of near and dear to my heart. I did my master's degree studying bone mineral density, and so that was a very long time ago, but it was a really eye-opening learning experience just thinking about how connected these things are and how important our bones are, and we often forget about that. It was brought home to me recently. Uh, my mother-in-law, who has always been active, takes regular yoga, uh, has a personal trainer, walks every day, slipped and fell, and broke both her wrists. She oh, has gosh. casts on both hands. Oh. And she's somebody who's active, and she's somebody yeah. who takes care of herself. So yes. all the more reason, I'm thinking about all the people who aren't necessarily doing that, and they really need to think about it, right? They do. And the other reason we all need to think about it is these types of fractures can lead to morbidity. And that was a thing that I really didn't understand as a young person when I was studying this. I I didn't figure out how can a hip fracture lead to somebody actually dying. But then my father-in-law, who had Parkinson's, had a hip fracture in his 80s. He never recovered. And so I got to see it firsthand how it actually happens because your way of life is drastically changed. And very similar with your mother-in-law. All of a sudden, things that you were able to do regularly, get up, make food, all of those types of things, you lose that ability. And those are the things that lead to really significant health detriments. And that sometimes is what we forget to think about. Fractures cost our economy over a billion dollars a year wow. in Canada. Wow. From Which lo- is huge. From, I guess from lost work and from the extra cost yes. of care. And, yes. and, and Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's a big deal. Yeah. And the reason I think it's important to talk about it is that you can't feel it happening. Right. You don't know what the status of your bone density is or the health of your bones are. You really have no idea until you fall and then it's too late. You really want to work with this one on prevention more than anything else. Prevention is the key for bone density and it's it's so crucially important. That's why I'm so happy we're talking about it today. Right. And and starting is starting earlier than you think, right? Like, like, yes. like it, it was brought to my attention. I went to a famous health clinic down in the United States when I was in my early 40s and I was doing a lot of aerobic work, but not a lot of strength training. Yes. And uh, what they told me is, hey, you better start considering ramping up the strength training because you need the muscle density to help both protect your bones and strengthen your joints and, and sort of strengthen all the, the high-risk areas for falls when you, when you get older. That was excellent advice because they are directly related and cardio is not going to necessarily get you there. You have to add the strength. The study that I did myself was comparing in elderly men their lean body mass to their bone density. And sure enough, we found out that the more lean body mass you had, the more cortical bone density you had, which is the the type of bone that surrounds the outside. Right. And that's the really important piece because that is essentially the strength of your bones. The trabecular, which is inside, is involved in a lot of our metabolic functions, but the cortical on the outside is really crucial. And we know that there's a direct link between lean body mass and the cortical bone strength. So it's so important. And we start to lose it in our 30s. Right. If we're not active. So So it was even earlier than my 40s. I should have been doing it. Yes. Yeah. So it's something that you really want to think about. 
There's another important piece here too, though, is you could be lifting the heaviest weights on earth. You could have a lot of lean body mass. Bones are tricky because there can also be metabolic factors that impact your bones that you don't necessarily know about. In my case, when I was training very heavily, as a track and field athlete, I was oleomenorrheic, which meant, you know, I, I wasn't getting regular cycles and my estrogen was very low. And it was just a result of my training. But in women, we need a certain level of estrogen for our bones. My bone density was actually low. Wow. And I found out just because I was doing this type of research and I jumped on the DEXA scanner and kind of went, what the heck? And so it was an easy fix where we just made sure that my estrogen levels got back up to normal. And then sure enough, my bone density got back up to where it should be. But there's a lot of things, vitamin D, your nutrition, you know, what, what you're eating and definitely any type of a metabolic issue that might have an impact on your bones. You have to be really aware and the DEXA scanners are not hard to do. So that to me, that's an easy thing. If you suspect anything, if you have a family history of, you know, fractures, if you got a fracture and it didn't make sense, you know, you think I didn't fall that hard and all of a sudden I have a fracture, please get in and get a bone scan done and see where you're at. so you just go to your doctor? Can your GP your do GP it? Your GP can do it, yes. And you just say, you know, I'm concerned about my bone density. And, and if you haven't had one, I do really highly recommend because it's it's not a hard test to do, it, you know, and it's not a high level of radiation. So if it's something you're concerned about, I think it's always good to get a baseline. And then the same thing with your blood work. Make sure that your vitamin D levels are good. Don't guess because, look, we have these tests for a reason. And if you want to be optimally healthy, let's kind of use the information as a preventative way to go through our life, right? So regarding testing, is there a certain age where if you reach it, you should just be getting tested no matter what? I believe, I'm not sure about this, but I believe that most GPs will probably send women, usually they're worried around menopause. So sometimes they'll get a test before and then a test after. With men, I don't think they automatically would send unless they were worried about a metabolic issue, then they would probably send you. Are there hormonal issues? issues for men with respect to bone density, like is testosterone? Testosterone can be an issue. And again, we're looking at any type of a metabolic disorder that maybe might have an effect on calcium. So I kind of just leave it general in that way is like testosterone for sure can be an issue. Growth hormone can be an issue. All of our hormones are interlinked. Right. And if you have an issue with one, chances are something's going on with the other one. So it is something you want to keep really close track of. And then, you know, back to what can you do? I really think the weightlifting is, it it is the most efficient way to build your bones. So provided you've got those other items in place, you need to lift weights and you really want to do it in a way to build lean body mass, which means you want to lift a little bit heavy. So maybe you need some help. Maybe you need to be with a trainer, at least initially to make sure you don't hurt yourself. And if you already have osteoporosis, there's no problem with lifting weights. But again, work with an expert early on because you want to make sure that you're not injuring anything and you want to work together with your healthcare team, whether it's your GP or you're seeing a specialist related. But everybody should be on the same page working towards the same goal. Right. And does diet come into play? Is there foods? Like I know uh, a lot of people are embracing sort of the vegetable forward lifestyle, but are you getting enough nutrients if you're going vegetarian or what do you need to be concerned about with respect to bone density if, you, if you're a vegetarian? Or yeah, vegan? I love that. I just 
just watched Game Changer the other night. It's it's such an interesting yeah. show about this topic. I am very supportive of the plant forward, and you yeah. can definitely get enough calcium. The thing we have to watch for on these wintry days is our vitamin D. Okay. Probably, if you're not heading down south for a significant period of time, you want to make sure you you are starting to supplement that because it does have a big impact. And then just make sure that there is some calcium, but you can get it from green leafy vegetables and it, it's not hard to get. You just want to make sure that you are getting enough. Right. And, and vitamin D is inexpensive and, and easy yeah, to access. So yeah. everybody should I, be doing I it. I think so too. Is um, there a point of time where like, if you haven't taken care of this, it's too late? I would say a hip fracture might be be your point of time where it gets a little bit too late because it does have such a big impact on your health. But if you haven't had a fracture and your bones are very fragile and you've been diagnosed with osteoporosis or osteopenia, you can make your way back. It takes extra work. Sometimes it takes some pharmaceutical intervention, but you can. And we've worked with people to help them do that. It's never too late from an age standpoint. We know that you could be in your 80s and 90s and lift weights and still gain bone mineral density, which is fantastic. So never worry that, you know, it's too late to lift some weights and be active. That That's not a thing. But yeah, if you, if you have a full diagnosis, you want to work with your professionals on that. Okay. And, and in addition to strength training, you know, to avoid fractures, you might also want to consider something that helps with your balance. I love that. Yeah. Right. Like yoga. It, Always working on that. Uh, yoga, stretching, making sure you're supple so that if you're doing these, the heavy lifting or if you're doing a lot of movement, your tendons and your sinews and your joints and everything can go along with you for the work that you're doing with the heavy lifting. Super important to work on your balance. And then at the same time, be smart too. you know, when you're going outside and, yeah. and you're on surfaces that are very slippery, you really do want to be smart and take your time and not rushing. A lot of the falls happen when we're rushing. And so, you know, you want to slow down, but I love the concept of working on balance. There's no down side to improving your strength and improving your balance. And that's what I always say to people. Just start with that. That's the most important thing you can do. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. My pleasure. Great to be here. We've got to take a short break, but when we return, we'll discuss holistic gifts for the health conscious on The Tonic. The Tonic is brought to you by Purely Natural. Their liquid greens chlorophyll is the only line of soluble, grit-free, and great tasting greens on the market. Liquid Greens can easily be mixed with your favorite drink to provide a sustained natural boost of energy to help you get through your day. There's unflavored, which is great with orange juice. The mint flavor is cool and refreshing. Dark chocolate has all the health benefits of a salad, but with a great chocolate taste. And for that extra detox boost, try activated charcoal and mint. Enjoy the energy. Enjoy the detox. Enjoy the great taste. Purely natural Liquid Greens. The Big Carrot is a worker-owned natural food market that's been committed to local, organic, non-GMO, and sustainable food systems since 1983. They're a one-stop shop offering produce, grocery, bulk, body care, and holistic dispensary. The juice and smoothie bars and kitchens serve up hundreds of healthy dishes and drinks daily. Building community is at the core of their vision, which they deliver through education, outreach, and giving. They want everyone to share in the goodness they offer. Visit their website for more information at thebigcarrot.ca. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Megan Horsley is a registered holistic nutritionist, blog writer, and recipe developer. She's passionate about helping her clients discover their best selves with a holistic approach to their well-being with delicious food, movement, and thoughts. 
Megan loves witnessing the transformations that unfold. She's a knowledgeable and entertaining writer whose article and the latest issue of Tonic is all about gifts for the health conscious. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Jamie. Thanks so much for having me. So I've got a pen and paper here and I'm taking notes because I've got lots of people to give presents to who really are mindful, special people who you can't just, you know, give them candy and crap. you got to yeah. think about it, right? <laughs> yeah, I imagine you have a lot of those kinds of people in your life. <laughs> I do. I do. So at the time that we're, we're talking right now, this is day two of a big snowfall in Toronto and I'm definitely feeling the holiday spirit. I don't know about you. Yes. Are you feeling it? Yeah, well, yeah. You felt it this morning on the highway, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I felt it when I was shoveling last night. When you're shoveling in November, it's it's one of those things you, where you like you're already thinking, okay, this will all be gone by April. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But I'm, I'm definitely excited and, yeah. and you'll start to see now that we're, we're getting more gift ideas in stores. And right. so definitely the, the marketing is there. It's happening. Yeah. So it's a good idea to start thinking about what we want to give to our loved ones at this time of year. Yep. Okay. Um, so I have a few ideas up my sleeve here. Good. And the number, well, not the number one, but one of the gift ideas is an essential oil travel pack. Now okay. I say travel pack because you get the option of like, let's say five or six different mini essential oil bottles. Mm -hmm. And it's a great way for beginners to try out essential oils. Again, it's a great travel pack. You take it with you. I was um, going to say, can you take it in the airport? Do you have to put it in, can you bring it on your carry on or does it have I to don't be? Think, no, because it would be flammable. Right. It would be yeah. liquids. Yeah. And we'll come back to that, actually. So you would have to put it into your, your checked luggage. Okay, there yeah. you go. All right. <laughs> but anyway, it's a great gift idea for basically anyone who hasn't really tried essential oils, and maybe they're a little curious about them. Right. So the, I guess each one is smaller, and then so... It gives you a variety until you find out the, the, the exact oil that's good for you. Exactly. And I like them because you can use them beyond diffusing. So yes, they can make your air smell nice, but they also have a lot of therapeutic uses. So they can be great for skincare. You can make your own skincare products with a little bit of coconut oil and a lavender essential oil, and you have a little acne skincare product. Cool. simple as that, right? You can also use them for cleaning products. Uh, people like to use them for meditation and yoga practice to help them set the mood and mm -hmm. relax. You can also use them in your cooking. Have you ever done that before? I have not. Yeah, so you really? can... Fragrant yeah. oils, like, really? Yeah, They're so, edible? Yes, yes. They're um, all edible. Not all of them. No, okay. that's definitely important to note. Not all of them. So you're, you want to make sure that you're getting high quality, pure essential oils that aren't mixed with other ingredients that Glycerin, are not crack. edible. Yeah. <laughs> Don't use the crack oil. Don't get that street essential oil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, hey, buddy, come over here. I got some. <laughs> okay, so, but where, where do you get these travel packs of essential oils? Where would one purchase it if they were interested? Yeah, you can get them at a lot of health food stores. Really? The travel packs? Absolutely. And I would suggest that's where you should get them. Um, okay. I've noticed that they're popping up in a lot of department stores. And again, we don't know what the quality is like. Okay. Um, so make sure you're sourcing out the good stuff and definitely... Ask different healthcare practitioners what brands would be good to use. What do you think the price point on average would be that you've seen for something like this, just so people get a sense of it? For sure. For a travel pack like this, it could be anywhere from 15 to $20. Oh, that's doable Yeah, for sure. and, and if you think about the full size essential oils, so they're usually like 10 milliliter right. bottles, they could be 15 plus per, per bottle, right? Per bottle, right. All the way up to $60, $70. Right. So this is a good a good entree. Okay. Absolutely. What's next on your list? So the next one would be class passes. Yes. I'm a big fan of gifting experiences. Experiential. People say that they get more benefit and remember 
experiential gifts beyond physical gifts. Absolutely. And one year, actually, I gifted a whole bunch of float passes to my loved ones. So if you're not familiar with um, float spas, they're basically spas that have enclosed pods or open baths, and they're filled with high amounts of Epsom salts. Yes. And so this helps to relax your muscles, can help re-energize the body. And this is because there are high amounts of magnesium in the Epsom salts. So one year, that's what I did. I gave out a whole bunch of those and everyone loved them. And they felt super relaxed and felt really good, which is a nice gesture during the holidays. You know, it can get stressful, right? So I agree. And it's it's nice because you're not really wrapping anything. I mean, you can stick them in envelopes and you're saving on the time and effort and money of all the wrapping as well. Exactly. Good point. Especially, right, if you're thinking about the eco-conscious right. um, part of the holidays, they can be very wasteful. So that's a great point. So that's one class pass idea. Mm-hmm. I also really like the idea of giving a hot yoga class pass or just a regular yoga class. Mm-hmm. Spin classes. We have tons of spin studios. Yes. Right? Yeah, I'm off the spinning, but yes, I've been spinning for years. There is an, a literal business called ClassPass, which you buy passes, and essentially you can go and try out gyms across the city. Yes, love this so idea. So the literal ClassPass, and that's what you call it. It's an app, but essentially uh, you're going to get discounts to all the places you want to try out. And particularly for the new year, if you're looking to perhaps start an exercise program, this is an opportunity to find out, hey, do I like spinning? Do I like yoga? Do I like taking strength? classes or hit classes or all those different sorts of things. And it's very low risk. And then if you like a studio, then you're going to go and buy directly from them. So it's a great, it's it's a great entree. It's a great idea. Yeah. Because memberships can get really expensive. If you just want to try out one class, you know, you're not going to spend 150 or more, right? For that. So great idea. So yes, you can also gift hit class passes, maybe a personal training session. Maybe one of your loved ones has said, you know what? I I would really like some guidance. Um, I don't know what I'm doing in the gym. I feel like I would stick to this better if I had someone teaching me. Personal training session is a great idea. I got for Father's Day, I got five sessions. It can be pricey. For sure. And it's not a stocking stuffer. No. <laughs> like for a good trainer, you're probably paying $100 an hour at least. Oh, 100%. 150 yes. probably. So it's you really have to like the person to give them those types of classes. And and frankly, one class isn't going to do it. No, definitely not. But it, it's a good taster, right? To see yeah. if they actually like the, the experience. It makes a huge difference. And if somebody's trying to kickstart a health program or if they need to change it up or even just perfect their form, mm-hmm. getting somebody training with you one-on-one is a fantastic idea. And if you approach a trainer and you say, look, you know, I, we'd like to gift something, you know, three or four classes. You, you might be able to go to work at a discount. Absolutely. Yeah. That's another great idea. Yep. Gifting a massage. You know, that, that one is so simple. Yep. I think everyone could use a massage. This is again, for those who are maybe going through a tough time yep. and they're not really taking care of themselves, you know that they need a bit of self-care. Great idea for them. Or maybe you have a super active person who needs that yep. frequent rehabilitation. I would say two things. Be mindful of whether that person has insurance because a registered masseuse is going to be covered under their their group policy more than likely than not. And the other thing to think of is if they are on a policy, well, a lot of people are, they will try and use up their massage dollars at the end of the year because it's annual. So it's really hard to book massages at the end of December because everybody's off and everybody's trying to cram in all their massage dollars. So as long as you can wait till January to get your massages... (laughs) 
this is a great present, a great present. Yes, yes, absolutely. Along the same lines, you could also gift a gift card for a workout wear. Yep, yep. You know, we we always need some fresh, you know, digs if we're going to be constantly sweating in our 100%. stuff. Yeah, we need to make sure that we're freshening it up. Um, and then other accessories that fit that lifestyle, right? So yoga, yoga mats, mats, right? Those sorts of things. Blocks. Lots of great ideas. Uh, small workout equipment even. You know, you can buy elastics, free weights, mats, all inexpensive gifts, stocking stuffers for people who have a home gym. That's yeah, yeah. I actually did that last year. I gave out a whole bunch of bins. There you go. So another gift idea would be to gift a health food store gift card. And, you know, maybe you're thinking, oh, you know, like another gift card. This could be particularly important for someone who is going through a chronic health condition and they need to uh, purchase a lot of supplements for, you know, to help them with this condition. So that's one thing to keep in mind, right? Those things can get really expensive. I was going to say there's a premium that's attached to, to all the organics and to all the health food products and all the nutraceuticals. It, mm-hmm. can, it can get pricey. Uh, so if you're helping somebody along, it would actually be appreciated. Absolutely. I, I, think it, I think it is a thoughtful gift. Absolutely. Okay. And the final gift idea I have here, yeah. um, again, along the same lines of uh, dealing with a health condition, or maybe it's not even a health condition, maybe it's just a particular lifestyle preference, would be to gift alternative diet cookbooks. So yes. let's say you know someone who is living a vegan lifestyle, paleo, keto, low carb, these sorts of things. Gifting them an inspirational cookbook is a great idea. Right. And some of the cookbooks, the modern ones, are almost like coffee table books. They're so they be- really are. They're so beautiful. So even even if you feel like they're not necessarily going to use all the recipes, if you get one with pretty pictures, you know, you can put it on your uh, you can put it on your mantle, you can put it on the coffee table, and it serves a dual purpose. Yeah, they're really nice to flip through. Let's say maybe there aren't any alternative health um, things going on. Maybe they have an appreciation for Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg. You know, uh, Snoop yeah. Dogg has... Has his own cookbook now. So. There you go. What doesn't Snoop have? From crook to cook. That's what it's called. Yeah. I wonder what kind of cooking Snoop's up to. All right. Well, thank you so much. These are these are phenomenal ideas. And we're going to hear back from you next month, right? Yes, I look forward to it. Thanks. We've got to take a short break. But when we return, we'll discuss yoga and sensation junkies on The Tonic. Vital Directives is a center committed to helping people ignite their innate healing power and remove the barriers of fear that keep them in pain. Through changing their client's mindset and teaching them to connect with their body, the Vital Directives step-by-step process helps them focus, feel safe, and get immediate relief. Their process involves removing the physical limitations induced by chronic pain while creating personalized, high-level self-care and preventative measures. They believe that significantly reducing chronic pain is just the first step. Through powerful physical exercises and mindset shifts, coupled with solid support system, they inspire people to transform from the inside out. For more information, visit their website at vitaldirectives.com. At Caregiver Services Limited, we specialize in 12 to 24-hour private care for seniors in private homes, hospitals, or facilities. We provide the highest level of customized service for families looking for a caregiver or personal support worker. To ensure the highest quality of care and support, we limit the number of clients we service. Whether you're looking for general live-in care or have more significant needs related to mobility issues, dementia, or palliative care, finding someone who's a great fit is most important. At Caregiver Services Limited, our highly experienced staff specialize in meeting the unique needs of 12 to 24-hour care. 
For more information, please visit caregiverservices.ca. Let our family help care for yours. Hi, this is Jamie Busson. I'm not only the host of The Tonic Talk Show, I'm also the publisher of Tonic Magazine. Tonic is a health and wellness magazine distributed with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in the most affluent neighborhoods in Toronto. It's also available free on racks at over 150 locations across the GTA. For more information about Tonic Magazine, visit tonictoronto.com. Hey, if you like the Tonic Talk Show, you'll love Tonic Magazine, and vice versa. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Our next guest, Jelena De Silva, is a well-certified, passionate yoga teacher. Her love for yoga takes her across the GTA to teach at several studios and multiple clients. Her background in psychology and college athletics infuses her classes with a strong understanding of how mind and body function. Whether leading a large outdoor event, a classroom of yogis, or in the home of her clients, her philosophy for teaching is simple. Teach with love, empathy, patience, and humility. Yoga is a journey, not a destination. And she can be reached at jelenayoga.com. Welcome to the show. Nice to be back. Yeah. So you wrote an article in the uh, latest issue of Tonic all about sensation junkies Mm -hmm. and their addiction to yoga. Mm -hmm. So I think I know what you mean. (laughs) But for those who don't, and maybe I don't, what is a sensation junkie? Well, I think there's a couple of different types of sensation junkies. The first of which would be someone who is really into the practice, usually pretty flexible, and they're searching for sensation and they need to feel something in the posture, usually something pretty obvious. You know, like like pain or like stretching? Or? Stretching, sometimes pain, yeah. uh, which leads to the second type, which is someone who's like searching for a struggle and searching for work in the posture, where if they're not feeling like they're doing something, they don't feel like the posture has any value, where there needs to be a sense of struggle, a sense of sensation and feeling. Um, so I usually find there's like a, a combo of those types of people that come to class, the super flexible yogis that need to feel all the feels all the time. So, you know, you've taught at OMTO before, which is a large yoga event. We get thousands of people out and, mm-hmm. you know, the classes are quite big, you know, 200, 300 people. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see, I think I know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. They're, they're kind of often on their own little world and you're doing pose a but they're doing a with modification xyz they're making things a little more difficult yeah. they're holding the poses a little longer yeah. the facial expression shows oh. the tension in their face and perhaps they're they're preening for a photo op there's a little <laughs> there's a little bit of look at me in it right a little bit it's like um you're not on instagram what are you doing there well they are on instagram that's, that's the true yeah that, they have their friend taking the picture in the corner exactly and the facial expression thing, for sure. I see people just grimacing and, and constantly telling people, relax your face. You're creating a lot of extra work for yourself that you don't need to create, but they feel the need to because it gives them a sense of purpose and it feels good. Why don't you think that chasing these sensations work? Well, from the anatomical standpoint, sometimes when you sink too deeply into a posture, you can overextend yourself, you can overextend the joints, you can stretch too much, you can pull a muscle. So that's not safe. And then there is searching for sensation to distract from the actual work. So people will want to feel something in the posture instead of centering in their core muscles. Or if they had a tough day at work, it's not bad to escape onto the mat, but if you're making 
your practice all about sensation and distraction and I just want to escape, then you're kind of missing the point of practicing yoga, which is to pull yourself into the awareness of your body, your thoughts, your mood, and then decide what it is that you want to do from that place of awareness. And I think, you know, I've always found yoga to be a little bit more work for me Mm -hmm. in in terms of my exercise regime and my fitness regime, Mm -hmm. because it requires the mental element that a lot of other stuff doesn't. Like if I'm on a bike, I'm listening to music, if I'm spinning and I'm just kind of going for it. And yeah. of course you're, you're, you're focusing and you're concentrating, but it's different. In some instances, I'm looking for a class where, you know, if I'm in a bad mood, by the end of doing a hit class or a strength class, I'm not even, I'm just so exhausted. I'm not thinking about anything. And, and in yeah. that respect, that's okay. Oh, but, for it, sure. but in yoga, it's not because mm. the mindful element is always there, right? Yeah, it is. It's a really, it's a really tough balance to strike between, you know, getting yourself out of your own head. Right. But at the end of the day, you have to be able to train the mind so that you can deal with those things. You can only escape them for so long. So right. yes, do the hit classes. Yes, go to those vinyasa classes that, you know, help to strengthen you and, and exhaust you essentially. But if you're not dealing with the underlying things, then it's just going to come back to find you in the end. So so the we've created a sort of a dichotomy here between the distraction of, you know, getting on the mat or, or getting out of the office or mm-hmm. not dealing with your kids or your spouse or whatever mm-hmm. versus the mindfulness element. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you're really getting at here, right? That, that in, in focusing on the feelings, you're sort of pushing everything else out. Yeah, okay. exactly. Okay. Yeah. What do you get from finding the calm in the practice? So what are people missing out on by not finding the calm? Well, to lead into that, I would say it's important to remember that we are not our feelings. We are the thing that witnesses the feeling. So we are the calm behind the feelings. Well, some of us are, some of us are. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, it is there. And, yeah. and, and, and learning to search for it and learning to tune into where it is, it's, it's the in-between moments in the practice. So when you're on the mat and you're searching for that calm, it's usually in places like the top or the bottom of the breath. It's in child's pose. It's in Shavasana. Shavasana, Yeah. Yeah. It's in those places where you're able to pause. And in the world of yoga, the idea of the back body versus the front body, when you go into the back body, it's that place of observation where you witness the world, but you don't react to the world. Whereas the front body is the part of you that you go forward into the world and you react and you engage. So with back body awareness, when you shift into that place of observation, suspending judgment and reaction, you start to find those places of calm. And you learn to lengthen the moment between observation and reaction. So you go into that place of calm, witness the feeling that rises up, don't react to it, learn to know what it is, question why that might be, and then choose your reaction. And those places you find meditation, shavasana, child's pose, those places are where you uh, learn to tap into the calm. So. But they're not the sexy part parts. No, they're not the glamorous parts. No, not at all. <laughs> and, and there's no photo ops there. No, exactly. No Instagram ops. I find it interesting. The people that I think would appear to be the sensation junkies are usually quite prolific in terms of yoga. Like they're fit. They've been doing yoga a while. It's interesting. They kind of drift off yeah. into this sort of sensation seeking when so much of what yoga is isn't just the physical and it's it you know you might expect a newbie 
to sort of do it. But it's weird to see somebody who's obviously been practicing a long time drift into it. Don't you think? It's true. It's really interesting to watch the trajectory of some people's practice, especially if they've been doing it for a long time. They kind of get pulled into this rabbit hole of what posture can I do next? What can I accomplish? What can I conquer? Which kind of negates the purpose. Competitive yoga. Right? I brought this up with all my yoga friends. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) We need to get on this. We need to offer this right away. Exactly. The zeitgeist is ready. (laughs) (laughs) So um, how would you help somebody find achieving their calm? Like you leave classes, but like if I came to you and I said, you know, I'm just... I'm not there in Shavasana. I'm still worried about work or I'm doing this or I'm doing that. Yeah. How do you find those moments? Well, I think a lot of it uh, relates to how the class is structured. I like to start people lying down calmly, just connecting to the breath and then intersperse moments like that throughout the practice. So kind of little breadcrumbs of, of calm. So we'll start lying down. We'll start moving uh, a limb coordinated to the breath. We'll do a child's pose in the middle of the practice. Every time we come to Tadasana, the standing pose, right before you do a sun salutation, I love to have everybody close their eyes and check in again so that they can feel that grounding and that feeling of calm and foundation when they're in the standing shape. One of my favorite teachers used to say, we're looking for the feeling of Tadasana in all of our yoga postures. So that feeling of um, equanimity, of balance, you're looking for that. So you start to offer those moments and, and direct people's attention to search for that throughout the practice. And eventually you see how people end up craving that. You know, I watch how people's eyes close and then you feel and see the tension just drain out of their bodies. But it's kind of a slow burn. You can't push people into the deep end. They have to be ready for it. Right. So just offering those little nuggets here and there, I find, is really helpful for people to, uh, you know, kind of like the gateway drug to meditation. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you see like a light come on? Is it is it come after like a few months for somebody or is it the type of thing where, you know, it might even take a year before you get to the point where you're getting that level of calm or it's so it's so personal like some people are ready for it they're right there and they want to be in that place of calm and soothe themselves and for some people they're caught up in the sensation the need to feel and it takes a while you know it's like you can lead a horse to water but you can't make a drink kind of thing they have to be ready so you can offer the environment and it's up to the person where they're at, what they need to decide what they're going to do with the environment. So when I read your article, I was thinking, okay, so I can see contextually how uh, finding the calm is important in the yoga practice, but Mm -hmm. I think this concept sort of expands to really anything you're doing. And I'm not just speaking about exercise, but really how you conduct yourself. Mm -hmm. How would you recommend people find the calm in their everyday life? What What can they do? Breathe more. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the breath, the breath, the breath work is, is a start, right? It's so simple and I sound so redundant. Like, you know, my, my day job is running around the city teaching adults how to breathe. I've said that before, but it really is the case. Like, breathe more, calm down, find the moments in between home and work. Find the moments in between the breaths and linger in those spaces. When you're standing at a stop walk, take a moment, pause, look around, see what's happening. Can you feel your feet underneath you can you sense the beat of your heart in your chest like those kind of things searching for calm in those ways just little moments interspersed here and there and not only do you end up feeling like you have more time there's a deeper quality of awareness that starts to settle in just little things here and there i find super helpful perfect thank you so much for coming on the show today my pleasure always fun thank you for listening to the tonic You can listen or download this episode as a podcast with full show notes and links at thetonic.ca. 
To find out more about the show, you can follow us at The Tonic Talk Show on Instagram or Facebook. For great articles written by Megan Horsley, Jelena De Silva, and other amazing writers, be sure to pick up your copy of Tonic Magazine. Tonic's available free on racks at over 200 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in 11 choice neighbourhoods in Toronto. Or you can visit our website at tonictoronto.com. If you're interested in providing feedback or suggesting topics for the show, you can email me at jamie at tonictoronto.com. Please join us next week on The Tonic when we'll discuss current research into medical cannabis, Stomach Cancer Awareness Day, healthy holiday planning, and how to eat nutritiously on a budget. Until then, this is Jamie Busson wishing you a healthy and happy week. Please consult a healthcare professional before starting any diet, exercise, supplementation, or medication program. This has been a paid announcement. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.